When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an Indie Games podcast. This is another special episode airing for our patrons first, and a month later, everyone else gets it, and obviously the topic is not going to make any sense, and it just won't be relevant anymore. That is kind of really, funny. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's interesting that we're like always thinking about, like, what can we do for a relevant topic for right now? And then we're like, oh, by the time this actually comes out, no one will oh, care. Oh, yeah. Dude, well, we I mean, are like speaking of pro gamers, we are so good at thinking of relevant topics a month before they air. Like it's it's insane. I mean, <laughs> this is kind of like a timeless episode. Like yeah, it, yeah, it'll be a sure. discussion that goes on past this one game, but its impetus comes from something that like will be backed on Kickstarter 13 days after we fucking are are done with this and everyone's going to be like like, well, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, what does that matter? It's cool. Whatever. Well, but we'll get into it. In our special episodes, we tend to space these out. One is a book club, and then the next month is our actual special episodes where we talk about anything and everything. Uh, typically, we try to keep them to specific topics. We've done uh, the future of indies with like uh, the Steam Deck, and we did one, I, or I did one with Eldar about NFTs because the one we actually did about the game indie games we were really looking forward to. I accidentally deleted my shit like a true podcaster. You know, yeah, it only really took good. me three years to accidentally delete my shit but i did I mean, it's a good track record though you know most people yeah. most people get that uh wrong right from the start you're you're one of the ones who waits until the very last minute and you're like you know what i've been doing yeah. real strong it's time to fuck things up that's typically how i do it i try to do really really strong to like build up expectations so everyone thinks i'm gonna do a good job and then i'm just like Y'all are getting a little bit too comfortable. I got to shit on you real quick. And then just like smash their face into the dirt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I see, that's that's what I plan on doing with my kid is just like smash being, his face into the dirt. Yeah, exactly. Being the best dad for like 10 years. You know what I mean? Like maybe 12 years, like really just getting their expectations so high and then just being the worst, you know, because they've mm. got to see the best and worst of humanity before their 18th birthday. But I mean, I guess I shouldn't say the worst of humanity because that entails a lot of like really shitty stuff. So yeah. I'm just going to be like kind of a dick, you know, I was, I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to be like a loving father and then be like, well, it's your 18th birthday. I have to break your leg now. <laughs> yeah, I become like a fucking hobbler. I just like walk up with a fucking ball peen hammer. And just, ah, <laughs> <laughs> life sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, now get out of my fucking house. I'm sick of you. <laughs> You're a man now. <laughs> walk it off. Uh, this month's episode is about indie, or I guess like prominent indie studios moving back to Kickstarter or like yeah. the debate and discussion around that specifically stemming from Yacht Club Games' next game, Mina the Hollower. Uh, originally they had a Kickstarter for Shovel Knight, which is for many reasons like the, or I guess 
that Kickstarter is the reason that Shovel Knight has become such a big game in only a single entry. How it has sure. like six DLCs. It's just insane. It's because they promised all of these things in their original Kickstarter. And I actually really appreciate that they hailed up to that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I will but it say, seems like they also kind of learned from that in Mina the Hollower. Because dude, and they, they stretch goals. Yeah, I, I feel like they didn't the go worst. too far on this one. <laughs> really? You think so? Dude, okay, some of these are cool, right? But like every one of these jumps in uh, roughly about a hundred to $200,000. And some of them make sense. New Game Plus, yeah, that's that's a good goal. You know, having other ports, that's a good goal. I just read the first Fi- one and I was like, what does that mean? Sound test and fishing minigame? The fishing minigame is $200,000. Like, uh, how good is that fishing minigame? Yeah, well, I, I said that mainly being like they're pacing themselves on this one. Yeah, for like sure. They, they're not like, they, oh, we're yeah. going to create a whole nother character you can play for a full-fledged game for that 200000 Now it's a fishing minigame. Yeah, dude, they they understand what people want. Everyone is like, Shovel Knight, too long. We wanted less content for our dollar, you know? That's true, yeah. That's, that's just, what I'm always Give us a fishing minigame and then just fucking peace out because that's that's the best content ever created is them sweet-ass fishing people, games. I know everyone who played Final Fantasy 15 was just like, with the fishing minigames, you know what I mean? God damn. Glad yeah. this isn't video content. I know, that was a... <laughs> Well, we kind of get, come on, like the people know. I'm glad this isn't video content because I didn't cup the balls. I could have kept that a secret instead I had to say it, you know? It was embarrassing. It's like, that's poor form right there. That's just garbage. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'll never forgive you. But let's continue with the topic, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So because of Yacht Club's amazing success with Shovel Knight and they continue to just populate this game with new DLC after new DLC after new DLC. A lot of people were wondering if they were going to make a big follow-up to Shovel Knight for their next game, what exactly they were going to do. They have gone into indie publishing, co-development. They, I guess published and possibly co-developed i'm not 100 percent sure because they like it it's weirdly messaged in the kickstarter where they say they like uh i believe they say they co-developed some of these games and i'm like what mm. like i guess they they just say it in an odd way let me see if i can find it on their kickstarter um they say we're Yacht Club Games, an independent game developer, independent, independent, independent game developer based in Los Angeles. Back in 2013, we got out. Uh, we got our start with a Kickstarter campaign for a game called Shovel Knight. Since then, we've kept ourselves busy turning the single game into a full-on franchise. With the releases of Shovel Knight: Plague of Shadows, Shovel Knight: Spectre of Torment, Shovel Knight: King of Cards, Shovel Knight: Showdown. We've also been working with friends to co-develop games like Cyber Shadow, Shovel Knight, Pocket Dungeon, and the upcoming Shovel Knight Dig. So I was always under the impression that they just like published Cyber Shadow for the most part. But I guess like this at least kind of tries to uh, pop it in there like, hey, maybe we had a little bit more to do with this game than you thought. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I remember vaguely them saying that they were very active in their process when when the team was working on Sh- uh, Cyber Shadow, and I I guess from a you know going as a developer to a publisher, 
is interesting because you do have resources and knowledge from a coding side of things or from, you know, the actual creation side of things. So it makes sense that they like can help out. But yeah, it's not very clear how much was really done from, you know, Yacht Club's team versus uh, the actual Cyber Shadow team. Mechanical Head Studios or... Yeah, I think think it's Mechanical Head Studios because Machine Studios is is Wolfenstein. I think it was actually... That's only one person, if I'm... If I'm thinking correctly, I I might be wrong, but I feel like it's something weird. But ever since then, Yacht Club Games, it's been highly, like hotly speculated as to what exactly Yacht Club's Games is going to do next. And they put out a Kickstarter. They announced Mina the Hollower, which is a, I guess people are calling it like a Zelda-like. It's an isometric action adventure game where you play as this small anthropomorphic mouse who's actually a hollower. The lore to this game seems a little bit more complicated than I initially had expected, especially for a game that is hearkening back to like the early, I guess, like NES or even GBA days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's meant to be uh, not even GBA, Game Boy Color, because that's why they kept it to such a limited color palette from what I understand. Right. But the main discussion that's going to take place in this episode, uh, outside of me bullying my children, is that uh, people seem to have, or at least feel a little odd about such a successful company at this point, or such a successful independent developer coming back to Kickstarter and having something Kickstarted again, when seemingly they should just be able to put out the game like develop it solely based on like the amount of money that they already had they do say in their kickstarter campaign uh in the little why kickstarter section which you always gotta love when people have that um they say compared to our original kickstarter we're not in dire straits we're financing a majority of mina the hollower's development internally our main reason for launching a kickstarter this time is to build a brand new universe in the same way we did with our first game Hollow Knight, or Hollow Knight, Shovel Knight. I said that totally same, telling. I screwed that same thing up uh, today when I was telling my wife about this. Because it's Mina the Hollower and then Shovel Knight. Shovel it's Knight. just, it's yeah. too close. Uh, with our community involved in creating something special along with us. Every backer that joins the development will help to make a more robust game. Together, we will break new ground. So seemingly they are going, like they said, they're they're financing the majority of this internally. Um, Initially, they were only asking for like three thousand, or sorry, three hundred eleven thousand dollars, which for Kickstarter at times like that's not and like a ridiculous amount. I would say, like, yeah. I mean, so here's it all just depends. Here's an interesting little fact that. I think is is kind of like a very on the nose thing you wouldn't really figure out unless you're paying attention to this or doing any research like we are. Um so Shovel Knight the original Kickstarter was a ask of $75,000. That was all their goal was. Shovel Knight made $311,000 and 502 and this one is $311,503. So their asking price was $1 more than what they originally got for Shovel Knight, which I think is super interesting. Because... Yeah, that is kind of weird. I, yeah. I guess that kind of like 
uh, I guess that kind of goes with the whole they're trying to recreate the Shovel Knight sure. experience. Sure. But maybe a little but... bit better because that extra dollar. Yeah, I said that. And then I looked up like actual Hollow Knight's goal and it was like $35,000. Yeah. And it's like, I take it back. 311000 is actually it's a actually lofty a goal. Lot. That's why <laughs> I think it's interesting that they like, like they say their majority of this is is just you know, putting their own money into it and they have the means to do it. But like, if that's the case, why wouldn't you put the same like 75,000 that you originally asked for Shovel Knight, right? Like, I I think there is a bit of, you know, they obviously want the extra side cash to make it easier for the team and easier for development to possibly have more features and things like that. But it it is interesting that they do recognize how large they are because they're specifically asking for exactly how much Shovel Knight got. So they're assuming that they have either the same amount of fans or more that are going to put into their, you know, their bucket, right? Of which uh, seemingly they used that same amount of money to create all of Shovel Knight. So what is Mina the Hollower? Is it going to be the same, uh, you know, level of content? I highly doubt it. But granted, you know, uh, money doesn't always equal content at the same rate. But I just think it's super weird, this situation, especially when looking at some of these numbers. Um, That being said, like, if we want to talk about just general thoughts on this now, um, well, that was weird. I saw money get taken away from the the pledge. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen that before. People are listening in and they're getting yeah. pissed off. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing. I've literally, I guess someone asked for a refund right away. Um, so uh, my general thoughts on this is it, it definitely feels scummy. <laughs> like it's not exactly, but it's like borderline, right? Because here's the thing. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to recreate their magic. They're trying to or recreate that magic of Hollow Knight being successful. They're trying to use Kickstarter <laughs> almost as like... Yeah, that's say, a, it's a hard Shovel one. Knight? You said Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight? Fuck, man. <laughs> it's... Oh, fuck it. Well, they're making Hollow Knight because the, the Team Cherry isn't making <laughs> Silk Song anytime soon. Yeah. Anyway... I understand trying to recreate that magic and use Kickstarter in a different form of it not really being a a platform for getting money necessarily. Obviously, they're still doing that, but like more for the the hype of it and the campaign of it to try and build social recognition and and to get people on board with this new product that they have. Um, But I just, I feel like the concept behind Kickstarter is supposed to be there for people who are actively trying to finish products that are without, like, not within their reach because they need that money, right? There are people who have good ideas. Hopefully, that is the hope and why you want to do this. They have the good idea and good intention of creating something, but they don't have the funds or they don't have the resources to do that. And that's what Kickstarter starter is for, is for people to back that. Now, granted, there are bigger cases of this, but like specifically in the indie game scene, it's not always that common for a, a developer who is more well-established to say like, we're gonna, you know, take a step back and use Kickstarter. Cause it just feels weird. Like if you have the money to do it, like you can do Kickstarter type campaigns of like building that awareness and hype without being like, give us money though. Right. And like, it feels strange for them to backpedal into Kickstarter 
when there's not really a necessity for it. Um, granted, here's the thing, you know, you could also argue that the game will probably be cheaper this way. And maybe it is better for people because they already have an, a well-established name and you don't have the same Kickstarter issues of like, I don't know this person. Maybe they'll take my money and fuck me over, right? Like it's highly unlikely with the Yacht Club games that they're going to be able to do that. But uh, it just, it still feels weird because it's like, I just feel like there's a better way to do this if your main intention was not just to collect money for being able to finish the game. Yeah, I I initially came into this conversation on on the side of like why would it be scummy? Like why well, if you don't like it just don't back just it. Don't like back it's it, not right. necessarily yeah. fucked up, but I I guess not the more I look into it, it gets worse. It's just like I I guess once you kind of think about the 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 price comparison, it's a little odd, especially compared to so many games like similar or in similar situations. Specifically, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I wonder how much Sea of Stars asked for, because the messenger was a hot game. Granted, it wasn't like Shovel Knight for the most part. Like Shovel Knight is a is a widely recognized indie game now. It's it's up among games like Fez and Braid, like when you think indie games shovel knight's one of the few that you think about the messenger isn't necessarily like that but they also only ask for like one hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars for a sea of stars um it's the main reason it's also interesting sorry to cut you off but no you're good kind of go on your point of like pricing wise shovel knight the original to get the copy was 10 bucks uh and this is 20 this is 20 which I think is interesting because how much is this realistically going to cost when it comes out? Because asking for like 25, I feel like is a, a, a high tier price when it comes to like indie games. And I know we've talked about value and what people will go for and that it shouldn't be categorized there. But like it also seems strange that they're going so far up when Shovel Knight was such an incredible package of just you know, like unrelenting content with how many DLCs that came with it. And I think that was only like to get to that area was only like 20 bucks at one point, but I, I might be wrong. Um, but it, it definitely feels weird because they're doing this in a way where like they're not saying they need the money, but like they're they definitely understand where they where they stand as far as like they can get away with asking for higher tier prices than another indie company or, you know, the solo developer who's trying to get their foot in the door and is like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, like for the game. Right. Yeah. The, the thing that may, one of the, the things that has come to mind for me is I, I believe that the increased price point and a lot of the things that they're doing with this Kickstarter campaign are specifically in like a reaction to the development of Shovel Knight, where like you said, the the ten dollars to twenty dollars, they could have realized that like, hey, that like overcorrecting. Yeah, it might not. I mean, maybe it's not even necessarily overcorrecting. Maybe they just realized that like ten dollars was, and I guess not a great price point to sell their game at. Like maybe they made a mistake initially, so they increased it to $20. Initially, they only asked for $75. 
thousand dollars maybe that wasn't enough during development so they increased it to like the i guess what would be the minimum which is how much they made with shovel knight and then it's gone far past that to like eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars like it's almost at a million dollars at this point um and I, I believe one of the main things that makes me think that is something that we've already mentioned, which are those stretch goals where obviously developing Shovel Knight for like the past fucking, I don't know how long, like I want to say, when did this initially come like this? Uh, 2013 was their estimated delivery was yeah. for Shovel Knight. So they've been making that game for like almost 10 years, possibly over 10 years, depending on when they started it. And I could definitely see why they would not want to have a stretch goal. That was like, like they did in shovel Knight, where they had three different tiers where it said playable boss night, which Mm -hmm. is the DLCs. Like that's where it comes from at 115,000 playable boss night. That's probably plague night. Then you have it again, 145,000. That's probably specter night. And then the last one, uh, $250,000 probably King night. And then all bosses in the, like in battle mode. I don't exactly know what that means, but they hit all of these goals. And I re I think they realized with this Kickstarter, how many issues, that or I guess how many pitfalls or rakes that they just like fucking stepped on in their front lawn. For so sure. they're trying to change that with Mina the Hollower, but didn't think about the fact that like people will think it's weird. Like people, yeah, yeah, sure. I I definitely don't think that Yacht Club Games thought about the social ramifications of launching a game on Kickstarter when you're already like what people would assume is a massive success. Right, but. That, on that, that same token, I mean, it still worked, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was gonna say on that same, like on that same note. Obviously, it worked. They have eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. They have like fifteen thousand backers that seemingly don't give a shit that are just excited about this in general. Plus, there are those few things that you can do on a Kickstarter that you can't necessarily do in a lot of different ways, where you can offer like the. Um, the like making a minor NPC, like designing a minor NPC, like mm-hmm. how you were talking about those community focused goals that just kind of help them flesh out a game and they actually feel like they're part of that game. You can't necessarily do that with a lot of different things, with the exception of like games like uh, I, for, I, I think it was the Unexplored 2 we talked about, where like. Also, in its early access period, they kind of did stuff about that. They they did it with their Discord. They mm-hmm. also did stuff like it with their Fig campaign and stuff. I feel like with campaigns like these, it is the easiest way to get people really involved with the development of the game and to actually include them. And I don't think that it's necessary. Like, I don't think you can do that in just standard game development unless you did like several betas and stuff like that or or like called out to a bunch of different people uh but then they'd get flooded with i don't know like probably everyone who's ever played like shovel knight who would want to contribute something so instead they kind of and i hate to use this term because i know it has a negative connotation but they kind of gatekeep it and they're like hey you have to give us a certain amount of money and then you can have that say in what exactly an NPC looks like. What exactly like, uh, like 
a major design element to the game, like a mini boss, quest, sidearm, or big enemy, which I think it's hilarious is like big enemies. Like, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of the weird things with this Kickstarter is just correcting the issues that they had with the original. But sure. you were saying you had heard like trying to find people talking negatively about this is hard because nobody's writing articles about why this is weird, but everyone's talking on podcasts about why this is weird. Yeah. And it's hard to reference those, but Big Josh Boy, how, what have you heard people say about their issues with Yacht Club games, like coming back to Kickstarter? Yeah, so I'm a. It's interesting because the the few, uh, the, like the only place that I've heard it on was Game Scoop, um, oh, the okay. IGN podcast, and there that was an interesting one because their kind the conversation kind of uh, stemmed along the the idea of like it feels wrong but also maybe it's not really that big of a deal which i i I feel is kind of where you know i land on as well is like there's elements to this that i do not like because i just i think there's a different way they could have done this um but granted you know taking the other side of it i also realized that like remember that article we read about the team behind the Sonic remake that was made by fans that Sega was like all gung ho about and was like, okay, you could Sonic mania. Yes. And we were like, oh, they must have so much money or they must be, you know, like they're successful. Right. And there was this article about the guy who worked on that project and got like very little to no money for it, even though, you know, it's widely successful. And so there's like, granted that is a very specific case. And like, I don't think that is the case with hollow Knight, but to your point about like, <laughs> damn it, I said Hollow Knight against Shovel Knight. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I can't do it, man. They're like the same game. Anyway, Shovel Knight. With Shovel Knight. I wanted so badly for you to say Hollow Knight. Say it again. again. No. <laughs> they screwed up with their Kickstarter, potentially. And maybe they're not doing as well as you would think because, you know, Shovel Knight is huge. And granted, I feel like it is because Shovel Knight has been also placed in so many other games that I feel like they probably get a cut of somewhere and something in there. They're also helping out these other teams that are doing successful projects. So, like, I doubt that I mean, they would be in that the hole. And, like, the, the only people that seemingly would have gotten those DLCs and stuff for free would be the 14,000, like, almost 15,000 that backed it. Otherwise... Like you had to pay for them. They weren't yeah, unless you free. Get the treasure I guess. Yeah, I was going to say like you, there are certain ones you didn't necessarily have to pay for, but there is like treasure trove that you, there was $40 instead of 20. Like hmm. there are ways that they definitely have made money on this. They also even bring up on the, the Kickstarter that they've made like Amiibo. They have plushes. They've got physical right. editions. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. merch. Like they, they definitely have their hands in a bunch of different cookie jars. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but to go back to your original question, I I heard it from Game Scoop, and it, it was a lot of uh, just very. It doesn't feel that scummy, but there are some elements of like, there's probably a better way to do this is kind of like in the same way that I feel it's like, I don't know that a campaign around bringing just social presence is 
the best use for Kickstarter. It is one way, and I've heard people who do this and they create a Kickstarter for this reason rather than like the, the obvious one is to get money, but is more to also build hype and awareness to their brand. But like, I don't, I don't know that Yacht Club needs this, right? Like, and if they're not, if they're discounting the price, like it seems weird in general because like, why would you care? Um, if they're not doing something like an early access period that you're buying into or something like that or a beta that you're buying into. So it just feels really off to me is kind of what like like taking it away from Mina the Hollower uh, and and, you know, Yacht Club games in general. I think that down the road, it, it's very rare we see these situations. One, because there's not a lot of indie studios that are like these well-renowned, like huge teams that also are then going to go to Kickstarter. But like, when these things happen or like another big studio goes to Kickstarter, I just don't like I personally wouldn't want to back this because it just feels like odd. I mean, maybe if it was something that I like was super invested into, it, it might be different. And granted, I did back Sea of Stars. So like, I guess I am kind of a hypocrite in that fashion. Um but yeah, it's also know. kind of like a different thing. I only brought up Sea of Stars because it was like the closest example I had on right. on hand. But like the messenger, I don't believe has sold nearly the man yeah, 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 like yeah, the yeah, same yeah. amount of copies right, or sure. garnered the same amount of success as Shovel Knight. It was just like the closest thing I could think of that. Oh, no, no, it's a good point. Was similar. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not particularly fond of this idea. Um, I feel like there's, um, kind of like a, a, I don't know really how to describe it. It just feels very much like it's something. It's like ineffable. Like you, yeah. you don't actually, like it's indescribable. You can't put it into words. I do have to ask, like, that is something that I've also heard where people say, they do think that there's another way to do this. Or I've heard people say like that they, I specifically, I believe on sacred symbols, uh, they were talking about, and I think Colin brought this up. He said, it seems like they probably did this because they needed money. And it's like, why don't you just say you need the money? So that's, that's one of the things that I was thinking about is like, yeah. that is a very possible thing. Yeah. They could definitely need the money and granted like, Hey, if you just said you needed the money for this, I think a lot of people would be okay with it. But, and this isn't to call you out and it's not necessarily a question for you specifically, but just like, I guess, a criticism of this phenomena is when people say there is a better way more often than not, no one actually gives a better way. And it's like, yeah, sure. there's always a better way to do something but it's actually kind of hard to just come up with that out of nowhere like in sure. the situation without hindsight it's pretty hard to come up with that shit so i would that that's like one thing i would i i think a lot of people should think about when criticizing stuff like this is just well i mean the, do you have a better way like yeah. have you come up with one right now is is well, kind of the look, thing that I would yeah, ask, but that wasn't sure. necessarily a question for you. Specifically. No, and that's totally fine, and that's fair to say. But like the main thing that comes to my head is this would be a social media campaign. This would be something that like they would do things like the yacht club presentation, like 
type of videos and conferences, they would do deep dives into this. They would make a whole month of like presenting their new game and they could create the same type of hype they're doing right now and instead instill little snippets of devlogs of, you know, gameplay trailers of walking through and having a developer do an interview of, you know, uh, having things blow up constantly on their Twitter page or on some type of web page. And I, I think that having a social campaign drip of these small pieces of here's Mina, here's the things that you can expect would be, and it doesn't even have to be in that month. It would be throughout the rest of whenever it's planned on releasing, I think would make a bigger splash and make people more, excited about it in a way that's going to last longer than what they're going to get now, which is just, they're just asking for money and bringing hype for a month and then it's gone. And then it's not going to be talked about until two years from now or whenever it comes out. Right. Yeah. I do have to ask, do you think that your opinions of this at all would be changed if they just said like, they said basically the same things that this is largely to do with community engagement, but they need the money. Like if they just came out and said both things instead of just like one kind of being assumed that maybe they need the money, do you think you'd feel differently? I think so. I think transparency is definitely key in a lot of this. And I think if they, like granted I can't tell, right? Cause you could also on the flip side say that and not need the money, but like, you know, trying to assume good intention when something is said like that, you want to assume that they're not trying to maliciously trick you. Right. Um, and so I think it would have been different because then the conversation would have been like, oh, I wonder what happened with Yacht Cope Games that is causing this. And I wonder why they resorted to this, right? Of like, and and that's kind of where that conversation would lead. And it would go into more of like, if they wanted to be fully transparent, it would be like, yeah, you know, when we did the Kickstarter, obviously things were great because we got that money. But like, like we, we kind of dug ourselves into a hole because we've been stuck just working on this game and not making extra money X, Y, Z. I don't think that's the case, but that's something that like, if they said that you'd be like, Oh, okay, that's fair. That's why it's here. Right. Like that's why we're trying to make this money. Instead of it being assumed by their wording, like the way they say it now, when you really think about it, it is a little weird that it seems like they're just like them saying they need a little bit of extra cash is just on the edge of their tongue. When they say like, compared to our original Kickstarter, we're not in dire straits. We're financing a majority of Mina the Hollower's development internally. Our main reason, so saying it's not the only reason, but their main reason for launching a Kickstarter this time is for building a brand new universe and everything. It seems like they're trying to like get across the idea that maybe they're doing this for a little bit of money. Like, Hey, we need some money right up like right Right. now just to get this off, like get this going, especially because they have so many, I would say like irons in the fire. Like they obviously had some involvement in pocket dungeon and they're having some involvement in shovel Knight dig. So like, right. They probably do need a little bit of money, but yeah, it is a little weird. I definitely agree that like, I think far less people would have an issue with this if they basically said the same things, but we're just very transparent with that idea. And we're just like, Hey, we're going to finance the majority of this in-house, but we do need a little bit of extra kashish and Mm -hmm. like, let's just fucking do some community shit. You know, it's going to be cool, but 
Because it's yeah. it's it's weird to me that they're like, oh, we're trying to build a community, but it's like you already where, have one. Where is yeah, like where's the community <laughs> from this? Like yeah, opening just a Mina the Hollower specific Discord would do more than this. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a little weird. It, I, I, I mean, that's also coming from like somebody like me who doesn't necessarily like. We did God Bless the Crowd for the longest time, and I've heard a lot of people say that like Kickstarter is a great way to make a community. But in the same way, I've never understood why Kickstarter was a better way to kind of like create a community than any social media. Like like a Discord, like Twitter, like Instagram or anything like that. It's never 100% made sense to me why Kickstarter was the way to do it. But it kind of seems like it's just like the ease of use. It's both yeah. creating a community, but also making a little bit of money at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, granted... The, it's all weird. You know, this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of hard because... Right, you never know the full intention. You never know the full story behind, uh, and unless we hear something different, um, yeah. But I, I definitely feel like it is a weird uh, take, and I would have liked it to not be this way. But granted, like Mina than the Hollower, uh, it, it's not a game that I like. Looking at it, it looks pretty cool, but it's not one that really grabs my attention. So I might just be biased because I don't really don't really care as much right like maybe it's if it was something that i really liked i'd be different and i'd be like no it's okay because i really wanted the game right like which i feel is a lot of people's answers is because they're like fuck it yacht club games makes great games we don't care we just want to give them money in whatever fashion that they're asking so yeah in some cases who cares right honestly i can't like this is obviously kind of also a non-story. It's just something to talk about right now because it's within the sphere of indie games because you know that this story is just going to disappear. When this game comes out or anytime it's talked about again, nobody's going to give a shit. Like nobody's going to be like, oh man, they really tarnished their good name yeah, of Yacht no, Club no, no. with launching another Kickstarter unless this game fucking sucks or yeah. <laughs> they just don't release it. Like it's never released. They're, honestly, I don't see this hurting Yacht Club in any form or fashion. Yeah. This is just going to be like, yeah, we made a million dollars on Kickstarter and we made a dope ass game. Like what about it? They could probably launch another fucking Kickstarter for their next game and people would be like, okay, whatever. Seems kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's still relevant in the talks of like other companies doing this, but yeah, for sure. This situation won't really harm or benefit the well i mean it benefited them in a bunch of money but <laughs> otherwise yeah. it's if not fucking cd project red came out of the woodwork and we're just like hey we're trying to make a sequel to cyberpunk dude let's make a kickstarter <laughs> people would definitely have got they'd, they'd have things to say for real yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> But they could, you know what? They could, they could tell, tell us, you know, like, man, we really fucked up. We needed more money and more resources. We got to do it Kickstarter. Which is hilarious. Like if that fucking happened, you know, people would be like, why would you need more money? You scammed millions of people out I of know. their like hard earned dollars for an unplayable mess. What do you mean you need more money? <laughs> But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say for the most part on this topic. Any final words from you, Big Josh boy? No, I think we covered it uh, thoroughly. Okay. All right. So once again, this is a discussion on uh, 
I guess prominent indie developers returning to Kickstarter or just prominent developers in general heading over to Kickstarter. I guess we could have brought up the fact that like Platinum Games, I believe, kickstarted yeah. like the Wonderful 101 when they wanted to re-release it. But like, to be honest, that game is not going to sell a lot in general. Like, let's be <laughs> real. Like people act like fucking Platinum Games sells so much. It's like... The Wonderful 101 was not that popular. I've heard like three people who actually fucking like that game of all time. Like, I I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying it's not that popular. So it's like, whatever. But... Thanks, everyone, so much for listening to this. If you would like to chat with us outside of the show, you can follow us at IndiePod. You can follow me at Hyde Legion, and you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. This has been an IndiePod special episode, and this is the end of it. So thanks, everyone, so much for listening, and we will talk to you next month in a fucking book club. So whatever. We're fucking done. I love, Goodbye. I love the way you ended this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>